Hello and welcome to the Creativity Roots Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Creativity Roots Podcast. I'm your host, Ronald Paredes. In the previous episode, we were talking about culture and how culture is a living entity that is always growing and developing. But most importantly, we were talking about how we have to review and evaluate our cultures to eliminate those practices that, for some reason, are not fair or are not beneficial to some members of our communities. And we couldn't finish the talk about culture without talking about cultural appropriation. Now, this is an even more delicate subject because a lot of people feel very sensitive about their cultures and how other people are using their cultures or how other people are interpreting their cultures. And personally, I believe that cultural appropriation in itself is a term that doesn't make sense at all. Because of the characteristics of a culture, Basically, a culture cannot be appropriated. And I explain why. Culture is something that doesn't have an ownership. It doesn't have an intellectual property. Culture is something that we are either born into these cultures or we can assimilate this culture by embracing their practices. For example, somebody who is not born American, but by embracing and honoring the practices and the way of living and the language it can, be, it can become assimilated. Uh, here in China, I have seen people who are not born into the culture. Uh, people who come into the country, but they assimilate and they honor the practices and the culture, the aspects of the culture. They learn the language, the food, the music, the literature, and they embrace it so much that they make it their own. And there are many cases when a lot of people who come and study and assimilate the Chinese culture, they, they are even more knowledgeable, especially when it comes to language. Uh, a lot of foreigners, they are being said to speak even better than a native Chinese. This is what cultures I met are made of. This melting pot. This is how cultures develop and enrich themselves. When somebody comes and adds some of their own into the culture, with respect, of course. Now, it is funny to me because a lot of people who claim cultural appropriation, they don't really understand what they're talking about. They are doing it from, a, honestly, they are doing it from an ignorant point of view. If you ask one of these people who always recriminate somebody about cultural appropriation, if you ask them about the culture, the aspect of the culture that they are trying to protect, in most of the cases, they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to tell you why is it offensive. A lot of these people, they are not fully engaged into this culture and they are, they are just doing it out of resentment, out of ignorance and out of spite. Basically, they are cultural bullies. People who really study culture, people who understand how culture works, they wouldn't make claims of cultural appropriation. Making this kind of claim over a hairstyle or over some colors or some prints 
or some elements. It, it, it is absolutely ridiculous to me. It, it, it makes no sense. A hairstyle is a hairstyle. Uh, dreadlocks, for example. For different cultures, dreadlocks means different stuff. For different cultures, the dreadlocks have different meanings. For the Rastafarians, dreadlocks have a meaning. For African people who wear dreadlocks, because not all of not all of them do, not all of them wear dreadlocks. Uh, for them, have a different meaning. And for Scandinavian people who used to wear dreadlocks, probably it had a different meaning or not no not meaning at all. So. To recriminate somebody for uh, a white person, for example, for having dreadlocks, claiming that it's a, a cultural appropriation because it belongs to the black culture, is, is absolutely ridiculous. And the same goes with clothing. Uh, in Asia, for example, you will find that a lot of people feel happy and honored that a foreigner comes and embraces their culture so much that they start wearing their clothes, eating their food, and speaking their language. I have seen it myself. Uh, people feel happy. And sometimes they, f they even feel it's funny when a white person comes in and starts dressing like a traditional Chinese man. Or when you see girls, white girls, wearing a kimono, a Japanese kimono. It, they, they feel happy. And they feel this cute and they feel honored. And there is no this ridiculous claim of a cultural appropriation. They don't feel this disrespectful. Way the contrary. They feel that it's a way for us to embrace their culture. A lot of people also feel offended with costumes. When, when kids in Halloween, they, they get dressed as Indians. And they feel that it's offensive. And I don't see how it's offensive. They claim that uh, it is a misrepresentation. And that it's, that it's disrespectful when somebody wears a headdress that is a misrepresentation because only people of high standing and big honors in the tribe can wear this kind of headdress. However, this is something that happens very occasionally. It's not like somebody is wearing a headdress every day to go to work and, and they claim it as this, their, their culture. It's not like people dress like Indians every day to go to work. Nobody would do that. People know better. And anybody who does this, uh, who dress like an Indian or who dress, who wears a headdress, I bet they are not doing it to be disrespectful. Probably they are doing it for entertainment, but people know better. At this point, people know better and I, I think people know the boundaries. So I think the most important thing is the intention. Probably they are doing it for entertainment. And I can understand why people can feel sensitive about that. Something that is uh, ritualistic, a uh, practice that is ritualistic and, and traditional. Uh, to be degraded to an entertainment, I understand it can be offensive. And in this case, probably we were talking about cultural misrepresentation. I think the important is the intention. The intention your actions of why you are doing what you're doing. Before we start claiming cultural appropriation, we have to evaluate and understand the purposes and the motivation of the people. Uh, what is it that 
the other person is, is doing. We have to understand their intentions and their motivations. Because not everybody is up to offend. Not everybody is up to steal. Not everybody is, is up to plagiarize. So we have to see if we are in, in, in front of a case of cultural misrepresentation. Or if we are in front of a case of stealing. Uh, like for example... Aboriginal art, Australian Aboriginal art made in Bali, in Indonesia, and being sold in Australia to tourists as original Aboriginal art. That is stealing, that is unethical, and that is absolutely wrong. That is a, a misrepresentation of a culture. But maybe having an artist that is inspired by the Aboriginal art and use some of the elements or some of the colors of course, without claiming that it's original Aboriginal art, but it's art that is inspired by it, that is inspired by this culture. There is the case of a woman in Canada called Amanda P.L. She is an, a painter, an artist, and she had her work uh, removed from an exhibition because her works resembled indigenous art. Now, she hasn't claimed that she is indigenous artist, uh, she's not claiming that her work is original indigenous art. She is actually saying that she, her work is inspired by the Woodland School of Art. And her work was completely removed and banned from showing her work in the Toronto Gallery. So this, I think, is a shame. Because a lot of the most beautiful work, creative work, new work, it comes from this mixing from this embracing of other cultures. For example, can we blame Picasso of cultural appropriation when he had a, an actual African period? And one of his most famous paintings, Les Damoiselles de Avignon, is inspired on African ritual mask. So is that cultural appropriation when the mixing of cultures and the reinterpretation of culture gave us one of the most important pieces of art in history? Or can we blame Eric Clapton, a British musician, being in, in cultural appropriation because he's playing blues, which is a, a music created in, in America, African-American music? Or should we prevent an African musician from playing European classical music because he would be in cultural appropriation because that music is not for his background? and it's not of his culture, and he has no right of playing Bach or Beethoven or something more contemporary. And all the way around, should a, a, an European musician or an American musician should be banned from playing African music or using African music as an inspiration for his own work because he's not in his culture. It's not of his background. It's absolutely ridiculous. So when we're doing this, we are preventing our cultures to grow, to develop, to enrich themselves. We are preventing other people from knowing the original culture, from exposing our culture to a broader audience. We can see some of the most beautiful examples of cultural mixing and cultural adaptation and cultural reinterpretation in music. Uh, African music 
is so diverse and so rich. And it traveled around the world to develop so many different genres of, of music. In South America, most of the music that we listen right now have its origins in Africa. In, in the United States, jazz, blues, rock and roll, gospel, these, these genres of music come from African music. And these are adaptations and reinterpretations. And they are giving us so much, so much to work with. So cultural reinterpretation, cultural adaptation is what's giving us so much creative power. It's what's giving us some of the most beautiful and important creations. I want to illustrate this with a beautiful song that I found by a woman called Sona Jabarte. It's a soul called Gambia. And listening to this song is like listening to music from South America. Uh, it sounds like merengue, it sounds like uh, calypso. It is, it's a mixture and it's very contemporary, but it's also very traditional. And you can tell the, the, the influence that this music from Africa have had in the rest of the world.
this amazing vocalist, Sonia Javarte, she's from Gambia. And she's born in a in a family of Kora players. Kora is a, a string instrument used in, in West Africa. And it's like a guitar. It's like a standing guitar. It has the, the resonance box at the bottom. And it is interesting because it resembles a, a Brazilian instrument called the berimbau. Now the berimbau is an instrument with only one string and is played uh, in traditional Brazilian music. And it's also a very beautiful instrument and it's very versatile. So to reiterate my point, cultures are like this. Cultures evolve, culture enrich themselves and culture mix is inevitable. And when you try to protect a culture by preventing other people from using some of their aspect and by preventing some of their people to using some of their their symbology and the colors and the rituals what you're doing is you are isolating your culture and a culture that is isolated is doomed to die is doomed to perish it's just destined to die because it's not embraced by other people, it's not appreciated, it's not, it's not seen, it's not exposed. When you take a culture, when you take some aspects of our culture and you mix it with yours, and you, you produce something new out of this mixture, you are exposing both cultures, and you are exhibiting the best aspects of these cultures. So before you claim cultural appropriation, try to understand the motivations, try to understand the purpose. In the same way that the person who is accused of cultural appropriation should be informed of what they are doing, and probably they are. The person who is accused of cultural appropriation should have their motivations in the right place. We, as the protector of a culture, should also understand and be honored when somebody's trying to use some of the aspects of our culture to produce some of their work, because that is admiration. For those people who want to use another culture in their work, study it, respect, be respectful, be informed. And even if you can talk about it with some other people that represented that culture, that will be even better, more enriching to both of you. And for those of you who feel in need of protecting your culture, make sure that you are coming from the right place. Make sure that you are coming from a place of understanding and open mind, allowing your culture to be expanded, to be enriched, and to be used to generate new work. And to generate work that will allow people to understand who you are, to understand your culture, your roots. I'm leaving information of all the music that have been playing in this episode in the show description. I'm also going to leave some videos about cultural appropriation because it's important to listen both sides of the story. It's important to listen both perspectives so you can form your own criteria and your own opinions. I will encourage you also to be informed about different cultures. Don't let yourself be fed only by what is exposed to you. Dig a little bit deeper 
and try to find new cultures, try to find new expressions, new music, new art, new literature. There is so much out there to be discovered, especially uh, in Africa. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised how, how little we know about such an amazing and rich culture like the African culture. We just stop on what is fed to us from the West, from the United States, uh, from Europe. And there is so much to discover in Africa. Beautiful music, amazing food, beautiful literature. Same thing with Asia. So little that we know about Asia. And is one of the richest cultures that we have in the world. So dig a little deeper and try to find all this richness that I'm sure it will inspire you to produce new amazing work. I want to finish this episode by playing a song called Hona by Bubakar Trare. He is a musician from Mali. And once again, you can feel the mix of blues and African traditional music. And the combination is beautiful.
to remind you that if you want to contact me you can send me an email to creativityroots at yahoo.com or you can visit my website creativityroots.com if you want to send me comments suggestions feedback or send me anecdotes and testimonials about how you engage with creativity or even better if you want to send me your creative work any kind of creative work for me to share with everybody that would be absolutely amazing I'll be talking to you in the next episode and in the meantime, remember to keep your brain busy and take good care. Ciao.